0: Are going to tag team, and uh, this is in preparation. I know. <laughs> I was thinking it's we might like be up here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I Get need some, on a booster seat. I need some phone books to sit on.
1: <laughs>
0: now use your Bible. You know, yeah. you got to You have it memorized anyway, right? So tonight, uh, we are going to have a prayer and praise night. And uh, the reason, uh, well, one, we we just want these in the rhythm of our church life because when we gather together as God's people for the express purpose of just seeking His face, God likes that. And over the years that we've been a church, whenever we set ourselves apart for an evening like that and like the one tonight, Where we, many have fasted up to this point. I'm fasting all day today in preparation for tonight. Uh, Many of you fasted, you know, even more than that. Um, Whenever we set ourselves apart and we fast and pray and we come together to seek the Lord, um, that is a portal that creates an invasion of heaven on earth. Like things happen in a very unique way. And you see this not only all throughout the Bible, but you see it all throughout church history where there's books that are written, volumes of books written about how God moved when his people got serious. And so tonight's about getting serious. And one of the reasons what provoked me to call the team and say, we have got to have a prayer and praise night is because of my wife, because of Mark's wife, because of Gary's wife. Okay, the wives the only one's getting picked on here. These, these, you know, the, the, uh, some people getting laid off. <clears throat> you got wars around the world. We have chaos. We have depression. We have uh, uh, increased suicide, suicide ideation. Young people hurting themselves and harming themselves. What is that about? Uh, addictions and divorces. And I mean, there's just pain and suffering. And the only, the, the only thing I know to do in a time like that is to seek god to get serious about it quit patty caking let's get in his face and so i want to open up a story in the bible today that'll be a little template for us uh, to see how god responds when people get serious with him and don't just play church amen and i know i'm part of a church that doesn't play church we're serious about god but i want us to get i want us to get serious serious about god all right okay this is serious serious i'm gonna get super serious serious 2.0 all right so let's go to Second Chronicles in chapter 20, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the prayer piece in this chapter, and then Josh is going to talk about the praise piece, because that is the deadly duo in the Bible, the prayer and the praise. When you mix those two together, um, when the enemy is coming after you, and you mix prayer and praise together, man, it is a powerful combo. Okay, this is in the Old Testament, right, Josh? You're almost there. Okay, all right. Do I keep going? Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, okay. You guys ready online community? Glad you're here. Let's go second chronicles chapter 20 starting in verse 1 It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the people and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat Who was the king of Israel? Okay, so this is a real story about God's people who the enemy had mounted, up an, had mounted up an attack with the express purpose to wipe them out. Sound familiar? Yeah, how relevant is this? But Satan has always tried to wipe out God's people. Now it's not just the Jews, it's the Christians. Satan, There when you give your life to Jesus, you have a target on your back. But I don't want you to be afraid of that because as I taught recently, the devil has to do what you say if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. So we're not afraid of him, but we have to understand you can't be ignorant of your enemy. That's the worst thing you can do as a soldier is to be ignorant that you actually have an enemy or where your enemy is or what your enemy is doing. That's called uh, military intelligence, right? There's a whole department for that. Because you want to find out what the enemy's doing. Paul said this. The Apostle Paul said to us, we are not ignorant of Satan's strategies. Satan actually strategizes your demise. Did you know that? Did you know that you have an enemy? His name is Satan. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And he strategizes the destruction of your marriage, the breakup of your home, the uh, the that. The health and vitality of your body your relationship with God That's the first thing he comes after Adam and Eve separating them from God in the garden and so The enemy will strategize to come after you How many of you have ever had the enemy come after you? Let's just call it life itself or circumstances and it was too much for you to handle alone anybody Anybody at all gonna be honest in church today? Okay, you can handle it by yourself? All right, well, no, you can't. Because if you could, then Jesus wouldn't say that, um, or Paul wouldn't say that um, bear one another's burdens, that word burden is the word like a boulder that is so huge it crushes you. Carry one another's boulders and fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. So Jehoshaphat is overwhelmed. The, 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 the enemy outnumbered them massively. They are going to get wiped out. There's no way out of this disease, no way out of this financial situation, no way my marriage is going to make it, right? No way my kids will ever love me again or one another or my best friend, that, whatever. That's never going to be repaired. Sometimes there's situations that are just impossible. So what did Jehoshaphat do? Verse 2, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in um, Hazazon Tamar, which is in En And Jehoshaphat, what's the first thing he did? Now, this is going to shock you. What I'm about to say as a faith preacher, it's okay to fear. You see, when you get that report, like the other day, I misread my my blood test, and I misread it, and it said that my PSA levels were like like extremely high, and so I told Hope that, and she looked it up real quick, and that you know that indicates pancreatic cancer or some kind of cancer, and we looked at each other, we're like, oh, are you serious? And the first thing that happened was fear gripped me. Yep. Come on, let's be honest, right? Yep. And we're like, do we tell the kids? And so we looked at it a little more. Looked at it, and then I, I even emailed my, my, uh, my doctor or staff saying, okay, my PSA, PSA or whatever, levels are way too high. Uh, what does this indicate? What does this mean? And she emails back, "No, your levels are just fine." I was like, "What?" You know, so I left hope freaking out over here on the couch, and so I relook at my tests. I was like, "Oh," (laughs) I was looking at the, I was looking at the wrong column. (laughs) It's okay to fear at first because it's shocking. The question is, and the critical thing is, what do you do with that fear? Right? So you're not a second-class citizen of the kingdom of God because you have a freak-out moment. It's what do you do with your freak-out? What did Jehoshaphat do, Josh? Why don't you read that? Where?
2: (laughs) Verse 3. I have the NIV here, Uh so. You're, you're going to have a no, different translation. Okay, here we go. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Boom,
0: right there. Immediately. So often, we wait until all avenues have been exhausted before we go to God about the situation. That's foolishness. Why would we wait until we've exhausted all other avenues and then we're in complete, total desperation? Then we cry out to God. Uh-uh. It should be the first thing you do. The first thing you do. You get a report, turn your face to God. And that's what he did. He feared the enemy. That's the first thing he did. The second thing he did was he faced God. Do you know that there's a story? that You got uh, Chris? Chris? I have uh, some points up there, feared, faced, so we're on point two now, feared and faced. He feared and then he faced God. Do you know who else is that? For those of you that know uh, some stories in the Old Testament, what story comes to mind when you when you think of he turned his face, Hezekiah, what was that about? Do you remember what happened there? Putting you on the spot.
2: Okay, great. Uh, I th- He got a report that he was going to die. The prophet. Yeah, the prophet came to him and gave him a report that he was going to die, I think the next day. Yeah. And Hezekiah got the report, was like, turned his face to the wall, began crying out to God. And no sooner did the prophet, like, get a few steps outside, God was like, go back and tell him he's going to live another 15 years.
0: (laughs) Isn't that incredible? He's sick to the point of death. And... If that wasn't enough, the prophet comes in. And this is a prophet that is the, the, the Isaiah. I mean, he's the prophet. He comes in, and he tells him, on top of the sickness, he says, get your house in order, or you're going to die. It's over. I mean, that, I mean, how do you recover from that? He turned his face to the wall and cried out to God. And the Bible says... The Lord stopped the prophet and said, I've told Hezekiah, I've heard your prayers and I've seen your tears. God sees your tears. I've heard your prayers. When you're all by yourself, you're desperate, you're alone, you're hurting, and you look at your, the wall in your bedroom and it's just you and the wall, You really think God's there? Really? Come on. You really think he's hearing you? I remember one time when I was in my young 20s, I was on my knees and I was in my one bedroom apartment in East County, San Diego, and I was praying and I just said to God out loud, because I'm honest with him, it's not like he finds out about stuff when you tell him. And I said, I don't feel anything. You ever prayed and you just feel like your prayers are just like in the air, but they're not going anywhere, that is bouncing off the ceiling? It's like, this is stupid. I'm by myself, and I'm talking out loud, and there's supposedly a God that is listening to me. I said, I don't feel anything. You ever prayed and not felt anything? Mm-hmm. Anybody else going to be honest? Do I have any honest mm-hmm. people in here? And the Lord spoke back to me and said, good. Now start praying by faith. Woo! Everybody say, Mufasa. Just go like Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> Woo! It goes all the way through. Yourself. That changed my prayer life forever. I don't have to feel God anymore when I pray. Jesus says, when you pray, go into the secret place, close the door go into your secret place and pray to your father who is in the secret place. He's already in your secret place. He's already there. And so when you pray to him, you just know that he's there. So he fasted. I mean, he, he feared, he faced, and now he fasted. He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. That's what I want to do, is to call us all together. So Judah gathered to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. That's what I want us to do tonight, family of God. I want us all to come together tonight to seek the Lord. Bring your list with you right now, people you want to see come to Jesus, people you want to see get healed, people that might, you might think are demonized, Bring them the lonely, you know. Bring them, on a li- bring them with you or bring their names on a list, and we're going to pray for stuff. All right, so now here's his prayer piece, and I'm going to flip it to Josh for the the other part of this. In verse 12, so now Hezekiah or uh, Jehoshaphat is praying, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. And we do not know what to do. Have you ever been overpowered and out of ideas? Mm -hmm. Anybody at all? Have Have you ever had too much month at the end of your money? Yeah? You have no financial source. There's no hope for you, the sickness or disease. The doctor said we can't do anything about it. No hope for your marriage. You ever been powerless and without an idea of what to do. That's where they're at. We have no power, and we don't know what to do. Boy, I've been praying that a lot lately. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know what to do. One of my biggest prayers, probably the thing the word the Lord has heard me say more over the last couple of years than he's ever heard me say in my entire life is, One simple prayer. It's one word. (laughs) You've been praying it too, Jerry. Say it out loud. Help! Help. (laughs) It's a good prayer. I love this last phrase. But. Everybody say "But." but. I told you there's some big buts in the Bible. This is one of them right here. This is a big one. But our eyes are upon you. Everybody said it out loud together. But our eyes are upon you. Now, all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Everybody say, then. Then, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Prayer, prophecy. They prayed to the Lord together, and then God responded by causing his holy spirit to come upon a young man who spoke out to the to the congregation what god wanted to say back to the people who were talking to him right. and he prophesied a strategy when you seek god and say i don't know what the heck to do but my eyes are on you please god speak to me he will speak back to you and give you a divine strategy that will be smarter than the enemy's strategy. That's right. And in this case, it was praise. A lot of times, God's strategies won't seem very smart. But if you obey them, you'll have victory.
2: So that's, kinda, that's kind of, um, I have a unique setup here with praise because praise is such a huge topic with a lot of nuance to it. But I I feel as I was reading this, um, it spoke to me and how God God, um, kind of moved in my life as well. Prayer, that desperate situation that they were in, was a setup for the praise which led to the breakthrough, right, that God would bring. And so I just have four kind of highlights that I, I felt like were kind of coming off the page at me is that we praise God... Because of answered prayer. And, and of course we praise God because of unanswered prayer. But God responded when they cried out. They said, God, we don't know what to do. And so I want to read that section of scripture. Second Chronicles 20 verses 15 through 19. I just love the response that God gives. Uh, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours. Say the battle is not yours.
0: The battle is not yours. But God's.
2: There we go. So tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Z's. And you will find them at the end of the gorge. In the desert of Jeriel.
0: He knows where the enemy is. Yeah. (laughs) He knows everything. That's right. Oh I love it.
2: You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will face them. Uh, the Lord will give you, O oh, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see how many times wow. God said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But what I, what I found that was unique about that section of Scripture was that God told them, you don't have to fight. The battle's mine. I got this. But that's that didn't mean that they had to sit on their hands now and just like, okay, I'm just good. God's going to take care of it. I'm not going to do a thing. God's like, no, no, no. You still have to march out, take your position, stand firm. You still have a part to play. You still have a part to play in all yeah, of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
2: They weren't going to have to lift a finger in the battle, but they still have to
0: face the enemy. Could God do it alone if you wanted to?
2: Oh, of course he could. Of course What's he could. What's up with that? Because praise and breakthrough require participation. Why? Why?
0: Yeah. Why didn't you just go ahead and do it?
2: This is my time, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Litness test up here.
0: <laughs>
2: so we may find ourselves in situations like John was just talking about that seem impossible. We don't know what to do. It's difficult. Finances may not be there. You're going through something in your marriage. You're going through whatever the case may be, right? We don't know what to do. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus and we turn our face to the wall, that prayer sets the stage for that breakthrough. Yeah. That pray, that answer to prayer, God coming through, sets up an opportunity for the praise. And what do we always say during worship? Is that God is enthroned on the praises yeah, that's a fact. of his people. Yes. So the second point is praise exalts the Lord above the problem. Second Chronicles mm. twenty 21. Let's read verse 21. It says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So (laughs) praise takes our eyes off of ourselves and our circumstances and it places them on God. We just sang that in worship. I will look up for there is none above you, right? So when we magnify the Lord instead of magnifying the problem, he becomes enthroned on our praises, people. And then the problem becomes God's problem. We take the ownership out of our own hands and we place it back on God's and be like, okay, God, not only are what are you going to do about this, because we don't know what to do, but God's like, all right, this is what I'm going to do, but this is your assignment too. You have an assignment in the breakthrough as well. So immediately after encouraging the people to have faith in God and his prophet, Jehoshaphat sends out the worship team. He sends out the praise team to go in front of the army. So think about being in a war, <laughs> and, you're, and you're a soldier, right? And you're the band. Okay, there's a vast army, a bunch of nations coming to wipe us out. Send in the band, you know? And it's like, what? <laughs> send the band in? Yeah, send the band in. Jehoshaphat assigned this. He was the king. So I can imagine after hearing the word, and I know this is for myself is true, after hearing a word from the Lord and being encouraged that I'm not alone, I don't have to be discouraged, and I have an assignment, I have boldness. He's like, I'm not going to even send my infantry out. I trust God's going to take care of this. I'm going to send the band out first to praise God and
0: exalt him. Can you imagine being a band member? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you're out there in front, of the army behind Gosh. you with a guitar, we're like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why they call it a battle axe. You know, what kind of trust would
0: that take? <laughs> I mean, really, think about being a guitarist or you know, a harp. Maybe they got a little harp, you don't have to push through the battlefield. And you are <laughs> the, and the the commander says, Here is the strategy. We're gonna send the folks out there with their instruments, and they're going to just start singing. Do you know the Scots used to do that? Yep. Do you know the Scots reputation, the Scottish, the Scottish Army? They would send, and they wore kilts, right? You guys know what a kilt is? For those of you who don't know, the little skirts? And they had bagpipes. They would send, I don't know if you know this, yes. you, they would send the bagpipe players in their skirts first. They must have gotten it from this And they would literally see them coming over the hill Men in skirts playing bagpipes And then you got the sound of the bagpipes And do you know what people nicknamed Other armies nicknamed them? Ladies from hell yep. The ladies from hell is what they were named It would just terrify the enemy Maybe we should start doing that <laughs> Yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> And if
2: I can muster up the courage Let's
0: do it tonight. to not
2: only wear a kilt but play believe the backpack. I do the pipe. Lord is
0: saying that tonight we are all going to wear kilts. <laughs> You're by yourself on that one, dude. <laughs> Jerry's in. Anybody else?
2: <laughs> I'm more. So, when it comes to God fighting our battles and us partnering with Him, I just love this. Just let this sink in for a second. Praise is not only a defensive position. It's an offensive one.
0: Absolutely.
2: So how many times, like, you go through a situation and, like, just praise the Lord. Just start giving thanks. Just praise the Lord for your situation, right? But now this is a different circumstance when they're going out to march out against the enemy and face the enemy. They're like, not only is praise a defense where it puts God above our problem, but it's praise is a weapon. Praise is offensive. Yeah. And we're going to see it here in the next couple verses. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir wow. who were invading Judah. Incredible. And they were defeated. Our enemies defeated. Say the enemy is defeated. The
0: enemy is defeated.
2: The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir and destroyed and annihilated them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another.
0: Confusion.
2: God just was like, just breathes confusion on all those armies, and they started going at it with each other while the band was singing (laughs) and praising God. So when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, Mm. they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So think about that. You're praising. You're going to battle. What are we going to see on the other side of this mountain? What kind of enemy am I going to have to face when I go through this with praise? You get there, and it's already taken care of, right? Hmm. It reminds me of what God said. I think it was either Isaiah 45 or 54. It says, I will go before you and level the mountains. I will make the rough places smooth. God goes before you if you turn your face. If you praise, if you pray and he answers, you praise him in that. So praise is a weapon. And the fourth point here, praise brings abundance. Now, let me read the verse uh, first, and then I'll explain what I mean by abundance. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. So,
0: yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Gary says, when, "Yes, Lord."
2: When God brings the breakthrough and we partner in obedience to God's strategy of breakthrough, it's going to bring abundance. Yes, Lord. And it may not be a financial ab- abundance as we would typically assume, like I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Could God's be. gonna make me rich, man. No, it's maybe. it's an abundance. He might, yeah, he might,
0: if you can handle what it. Did I say that too loud? Huh? Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: he's like, please, Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I said maybe.
2: <laughs> I, I, from my experience, it's been an abundance of joy. It's been an abundance of 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 peace in the home, like where where I have peace with my neighbors, I have peace with my family members. Yeah. It isn't an abundance of health and wellness. It's been an abundance of God's favor where I meet the right person at the right time and, or that prophetic word comes into my life at the right moment. You know, abundance in the kingdom looks like a lot of things. Yeah. Looks like a lot of things. It's everything. But I will say it is a, it's good. Yeah. Because every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. Amen?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, praise brings abundance. Praise is a weapon. Praise exalts God over our circumstances and over our problems. And we praise God for answered prayer and unanswered prayer. What does Romans 8.37 says? This is overwhelming victory. Say overwhelming victory.
0: Overwhelming victory.
2: Overwhelming victory is ours. Through Christ, who loved us. And that is why we praise. We praise because we belong to Him. We praise because He deserves it. We praise because God is a God of breakthrough. Amen?
0: And we need him to break through.
2: And we need breakthrough. How many in here need a breakthrough in their life? Some area of
0: your life. You need some kind of change.
2: You've prayed.
0: Some kind of breakthrough. You've
2: prayed. You've turned your face to the wall for years. So why not boldly come to the throne? Why not not just be in a defensive position of praise, but now an offensive one?
0: Okay. I'm going to tell you two stories real quick. Some of you heard these, some of you haven't, but they're worth retelling because they are real. And then I'm going to ask you a question about prayer, and then we're going to praise a little bit more in here tonight, yeah, today, today, this tonight? morning, tonight. in preparation for tonight. I'm looking forward to tonight. I feel like I'm already there. So I was uh, <clears throat> the power of praise. Now, when you hear something like this, and you're depressed, you're discouraged. You don't have. You feel hopeless, and we talk about get it up and start singing and praise God. Especially when you're alone, your 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 flesh does not want to do that, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to do it. Yeah. So this is an act of your will. The psalmist says, "I will praise you when I'm feeling good." Is that what he says? "I will praise you when I want to." He says, "I will praise the Lord at all times." Your praise shall continually be in my mouth, yep. right? Because he understood the power of praise. So one time I had this sinus infection, and you know those kind of sinus infections where you just can't even see because your eyes are so watery, and you've got snot running down your face, and you just feel miserable. Anybody in here ever had that kind? Okay, that's what was... I had it for like three days. I was miserable, And my friend and I were going to drive up to Julian uh, to check out the snow, because we don't get to see that very often down here. And so we're driving up there, and I'm driving, and she said to me, wow, you're really being attacked, aren't you, by the enemy? Because I'm driving, and I I could barely even see, I'm trying to drive. But I was just like, I prayed, and I'd asked God to heal me, and I was like, I'm just going to believe God's going to heal me, I'm going to go up there anyway. And so I was driving, and it wasn't very safe because I was really like, I mean, my eyes were all swollen, I couldn't see well, and I'm doing this like all the way up there. And so she goes, let me pray for you. So she lays her hand on me, and she prays for me like we do, and nothing changed. And as I'm driving, the Lord spoke to me and said, praise me for your healing. yeah what healing that was his strategy in the moment so I just started saying praise you God I praise you God I praise you God I thank you for healing me hallelujah hallelujah and I'm doing it man you know the snot's coming down I can't see and I'm thinking to myself as I'm going praise you God hallelujah you're awesome God I wasn't doing this I was driving and (laughs) And, and I thought to myself, you need to pull over because you're going to get into an accident. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Ha! And bam! All the symptoms completely went away. I was instantaneously healed. I pulled the car over to the side of the road and started throwing snowballs on my friend. I was so happy. I was rolling in the snow. It was a complete healing that came because I was praising God for answered prayer even though it had not yet manifested another one that some of you may have heard before My wife was bedridden for five months with isabella our second child And so i'm you know fathering elliot and i'm husbanding bella and i'm pastoring or, uh, Hope and i'm pastoring the church and my wife has been in bed for five months And it was sunday morning. I was getting preparing to come here to to serve you And I uh, went into a side bedroom and uh, i'm praying just preparing my heart to come and, and teach. And I've, the Lord put a thought in my mind. When I say God speaks to me, I don't mean like an audible voice. Uh, my wife's heard his audible voice. I never have. But it's just a thought comes to your mind that's a predominant thought. And you know that wasn't from me. That was from God. And so he said, um, start praising me. I'm like, all right. So I'm being quiet. I'm gonna praise like, you, God. Praise you, God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, God. I want to wake hope up. And then he said this to me start declaring no he said start dancing before me that thought comes into my mind it just feels stupid i feel dumb my dog's in the corner with their ears like this going what are you doing right the ears down i'm like praise you god i praise you lord i give you praise god thank you lord you're awesome you're mighty and then this thought came to my mind start declaring baal perizim it means the god of the breakthrough which you can find in the Bible, where the Philistine came against uh, David, and God gave him a strategy. David overcame the enemy, and he named that place Baal Perazim, the God of Breakthrough, the God breaks through my enemies like a breaking through of many waters. So I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm just obeying the thoughts that I think God's putting in my mind. So now I'm praising Him and I'm dancing. I go Baal Perazim, I worship you Baal Perazim, I praise you Baal. Pa-. Something happened. Something changed. I mean, it's hard to explain it, but it, I knew something just happened. And I walked down the hallway and went into the bedroom, and there's hope sitting straight up in bed, completely healed.
2: That's
0: awesome. Those are two experiences where God's strategy was praise. So I think we ought to do something. I think we ought to do a little bit of that. Now, look, some of you, all of you, I'm going to say, I think I can say that unequivocally. All of you have had unanswered prayer. Anybody here ever prayed and nothing happened? Just raise your hand so I know if I'm I'm talking to the right crowd. Unanswered prayer. We all have had unanswered prayer. It's discouraging, it's deflating, it's defeating, it's depressing. Praying for things for a long time, they haven't happened. And what you can do, the biggest mistake you can make is to stop praying out of discouragement. Or to say, well, I guess those stories in the Bibles aren't real because I did it and it didn't work for me. And you start to let unbelief fill your life, your heart and your mind. And you become cynical and critical about the Bible. And you start reading stories, they got a breakthrough, I didn't. And now this bitterness and resentment begins to enter your heart, and that's going to jack your relationship with God. What I do with that, well, there's many things, but here's the main thing I do with that. I swing for the fences. I try to hit a grand slam every time I pray. Hmm. Sometimes I get a grand slam and it's amazing and it you know just makes you shout from the housetop. House Sometimes you get a triple. Sometimes you get a double. Some of it came to pass, some didn't. Sometimes you hit a single. Sometimes you strike out. What do I do when I strike out? What does a baseball player do when they strike out? Do they go sit down on the bench and say, I'm never going to bat again? Do you know the Babe Ruth how many of you remember who Babe Ruth is? Okay. He was the strikeout king for, I don't know, what, 100 years or so? Like, he, he struck out. I mean, he, uh, he hit more home runs, the home run king. He hit more home runs. I just let the cat out of the bag, didn't I? I just, I just, I just, I just dropped the punchline. He was both. He hit more home runs than anybody, and he also struck out more than anybody. Why? He just kept getting up, swinging for the fences. Come on, family of God. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't stop swinging. We don't stop praying. We don't stop praising. We just don't stop. You got, got something to say? Yeah.
2: Uh, praise, praise shouldn't be conditional about our circumstances. You know? We're just like, God, I'll only praise you when you come through for me. And it's, that's not how it works. That's not, yeah, it's It's not, not. that's not relationship. You know, there are times where I've been so frustrated praying for things, so confused. Ever have the committee, what you talk about, just going, 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 and and, and just these voices in your head, you're like, all this negative energy, all this negative stuff, and you're like, God, I don't know what to do, and it doesn't seem like you're answering me. I'll get on this bad boy right here, and I'll just pace around the house, and I'll just start praising God. I remember being up, I remember being, um... In the house alone one time, Daryl the, the Lee was out with the kids somewhere, and, you know, I'm bored. Oh, what should I do? I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to grab my guitar, and I'm going to just start praising and, and worshiping. God's presence just came in.
0: <laughs>
2: I didn't necessarily have the answer to whatever it was I was struggling with or whatever it was I was praying about, but I had him. He was with me. The Lord was with me. And in that moment, that's all that mattered. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows the battles that you're going through. It's just a matter of you taking it and giving him the battle, right? So praising is not conditional. We praise when we get the answer. We praise when we don't.
0: Some of you need to decide that you're going to praise God again. There was a a gentleman, uh, he was a minister, and he uh, was in Africa on a missions trip. And while he was in Africa on a missions trip, his wife and his four kids got in a car accident and they all died. And he, on that plane, went up to one of his ministry friends and said, I will never praise God again. He was a worship leader. He said, I will never praise God again. and he came back home and he went to visit another minister another pastor friend and he was obviously just devastated and his buddy said you need to start praising God right now right there in his office you just need to start praising God he goes I will never praise him again he said no you're not going to leave this office until you start praising God and he wouldn't let him leave until he started praising God. That's a friend. That's right, Rick. That's a brother. He started just letting praise come off his lips. As He'd rather have eaten a bowl of razors than to praise God in that moment. But he began to praise God, and then God's presence came, and he broke. He ended up writing a book called Prison to Praise. And he ended up going around the world As a worship leader leading god's people into god's presence because praise is what broke him through that despair and some of you need that some of you have unanswered prayer and it's pigeonholed you into this this distance from god your heart is hard you have question marks that need to be erased and just let you know job's wife said why don't you just curse god and die And Job said, even if God were to slay me, I will still praise him. I will still trust him. Let's all stand, and let's just begin to lift our voices to God. Let's begin to let God's presence fill this place. Let genuine praise begin to come from your heart.
1: We thank
2: you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Sure, I've got,
1: I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing this song as I often do every song must end.
0: breakthrough why wait for tonight some of you need a breakthrough now some of you have had someone have has a just a real block between you and God in your heart and that thing just needs to melt away you need to walk out of here free I'm gonna ask you to be bold. If that's you, just slip out from your chair and come on up front. And we're gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna ask a couple to if someone can help me get this table back over there. We're gonna leave, make some room here for folks to come up. If you need freedom, once you make your way up in this area we're going to continue to pray, pray. Some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus before. This is what it's about. It's about eternal life in God. And if you give your life to the Lord, you're going to experience, the first thing you're going to experience is a peace you've never known before. It's going to fill your heart and you're going to have this peace and contentment inside that you've never known before. That's the peace of Jesus. He'll completely forgive all your sins and give you a brand new life. If you've never given your life before, then you can make your way up here as well as we continue to worship. Maybe you need physical healing in your body or freedom from oppression or depression, self-hatred, whatever it might be. You can slide up here. We're going to continue to worship. But you can come up here for prayer, and uh prayer team is going to pray over you as we worship so if you need prayer for anything healing salvation deliverance just make your way out from your chair and make your way up front as we continue to worship